In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy on us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by your Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first lesson for the first Sunday in Lent is written in the first book of Moses, known as Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desiring, desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second lesson is written in St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. 
I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in this Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as impostors, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on, beaten and not yet killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory be to you, o Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. The fall of mankind into sin has turned the garden of God's creation into a wilderness. A barren and forsaken place that is, that is no one's destination. No one purposefully, willingly goes there. It's, it's not a place you go to, only a place you go through. Making it a place of scarcity, of need and longing. A place where it seems the only things that, that thrive and survive are the wild things, the harsh and the dangerous things. This fallen world, this is the wilderness in which you and I live. We may be just passing through. It's not really our home, but we do live here. And in this place, we are in danger from the same one who tempted Adam and Eve, the same one who tempted Jesus, the devil, who is himself a fallen angel, who hates God and therefore hates you, who wishes to bring suffering and loss upon you un unless he can get you to love and obey him by giving you pleasures, then he'll give you that and he's fine with that too. Who hates, despises, and contradicts the word of God at every turn. This world is a place we are just passing through. But the end of this wilderness the end leads to death. Just like the wilderness that the, the children of Israel through, wandered through for 40 years, eventually all of them died and their bodies were scattered through the desert. You see, God was right. His word was correct. Eventually, you die. In fact, in the day that you eat of it, as God said to Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. The moment that Adam and Eve met, ate, they began to die. Just as you do the very moment that you are born. Here it is. This is the wilderness in which you and I walk. Full of danger and temptation and death. But the word of God for us today reminds us that in this wilderness you do not walk alone. After Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, God still walked in the garden in the cool of the day. He does not leave them to die on their own. He came to them and he promised to them a seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. And throughout the Old Testament, through all of the, the years of wandering of the Israelites in the wilderness, God didn't leave them. He remained with his people in a pillar of fire and cloud. And then, finally, when the time had fully come, when finally the seed of the woman came into this world, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, not just the son of Eve, not just the seed of the woman, but also the very son of God. That is, God came down to walk here in our wilderness. Here in the midst of all of our danger, and all of our temptation and all of our death. You see, Jesus' trial and temptation is just a part of his walk in the same place that you walk. It's important for us to note that when, when Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, this is not just a spiritual exercise for him. 
It's not done just to show he's how strong he is. He goes into the wilderness to save you. That is to go to your place. Because when you go into this wilderness, when you go into this battle, this uh, confrontation with the enemy, the tempter, it doesn't turn out so well. Because you do not, like Jesus did, you do not completely trust the word of God. Taking from it your very life, like your daily bread and sustenance that you need, more than food. Indeed, it's, it's, I think it's hard for us to even see how this was even a temptation for Jesus to turn stones into bread. Hey, first of all, why would we be fasting, we ask? I mean, we ask, why, why should I bother withholding anything from myself that my belly or my desires want? But we probably also think, well, if you can do it, what's the problem? If we could harness our technological powers to do something like that, to turn something like rocks into bread, if we can do it, why shouldn't we do it? Then the devil quotes a Bible passage to Jesus in his second temptation. Of course, he misuses it. He misquotes the Old Testament, the Psalms verse. Leading us, though, I think, to wonder and ask ourselves if the devil would do that to us, if he would quote the scriptures to us falsely, would we be familiar with the word of God enough to know whether he was using it right or not? And then the devil doesn't usually tempt us by showing us and offering to us all the kingdoms of the world. Usually we are tempted by much less. We just want people to like us. And we want to have some nice stuff and lead a comfortable life. And we probably wouldn't bow down and worship the devil in order to get it. No, we would never do something so extreme. But most often we will get what we want. Not by worshiping the devil outright, but by a little compromise here and there. Slowly shifting priorities. You and Jesus have walked the same wilderness with the same temptations, the same dangers, the same devil, but a much different outcome. And yet, Jesus is not tempted in the wilderness in order to condemn you by comparison. Jesus is tempted in order that he might give to you as a gift, everything he deserves. First and foremost, he, he gives completely his righteousness, his obedience, his victory, his trust, all of it imputed to your account that you might stand before, righteous before God and stand victorious over the enemy. But he also gives to you, he works in you, a strengthening of your fear of God and faith in Him and love for Him. He does this because we must, in fact, continue to live in this wilderness for now. You notice that Jesus even does not leave the wilderness immediately, but it tells us that angels came and ministered to Him. It doesn't say they brought him breakfast. His wilderness, like yours, continues. That is, he doesn't immediately take you out of this world the moment you become a Christian. And so he comes to you to strengthen you in it. 
That's what he does by means of his Holy Spirit, by word and sacrament. He, he gives you everything. And he strengthens you for the wilderness ahead. So in holy baptism, he, he washes away all your sins. He clothes you in a robe of his righteousness. But he also strengthens you by it to continue to renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways. In his holy supper, Jesus gives you the fullness of himself in flesh and blood. But by his love for you, he also strengthens you, nourishes you, increasing it in you true love for God and your neighbor, even in this wilderness. He's by our side upon the plain. Your Jesus intends to remain here with you. Even in the darkness of Lent, even in the darkest moments of life, the most tempting, the most dangerous, the most threatening, he's by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit to strengthen you step by step until you reach the end your blessed end, and then, then his angels will come and attend to you to carry you home out of this wilderness to a new garden, a paradise with him. Amen. Please stand. peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We join in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Thank you.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Lord's guidance that as God led his ancient people through the desert and brought them to the promised land, we may follow our Savior through the wilderness of this world and toward the glory of the world to come. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For new and contrite hearts, that we may receive God's absolution, lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, yet in the confidence that he disdains nothing he has made and forgives the sins of those who are penitent. Let us pray to the Lord. For the church, her ministers, and her people, that God would stretch forth the right hand of his majesty to defend us from those who rise up against her. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all catechumens and their teachers, all children and their parents, and every Christian home, that God would preserve them from the assaults of the evil one. And as Christ overcame Satan in the desert by the word of God, also give us the victory through him in his word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the needy, the sick, and the troubled, that God would send his holy angels to protect and keep us in his ways, that no evil may befall us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Inasmuch as the adversary continually afflicts us and as a roaring lion walks about seeking to devour us, we implore you for the sake of the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, to help us by the grace of the Holy Spirit and to strengthen our hearts by your word, that our enemy may not prevail over us, but that we may evermore abide in your grace and be preserved unto everlasting life. Through the same, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave us his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we may be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Jesus Christ, through you all things were created, and through you all things have their purpose. You judged the world through water, but saved believing Noah and the church with the same righteous blood. With water you rescued Israel from slavery, destroying her enemy in the Red Sea, and led her through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. You spoke through the prophets, ruled through the kings, and mediated through the priests on behalf of your people, until it was time for your blessed passion, the sacrifice of the true Lamb of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take heed, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ, you did not turn away from the stroke of justice we deserved, but absorbed its blow only to rise three days later. As you promised your apostles, so comfort us with the knowledge that you have ascended into heaven to prepare eternal bliss for us and rule all things in our favor that we may carry out your Pentecost command to preach the gospel to all nations. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. We give thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this Holy Supper. We pray that through it you will strengthen our faith in you and increase our love for one another. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.